Good morning and welcome to worship. I invite you to stand if you'd like to, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Open up this time. God, I thank you for this day that you've given us. I thank you for uh, this opportunity, God, to gather together um, as a church family, to gather together as your people. God, I pray that you would work in this place, that you would um, accept our worship this morning and just help us to draw close to you right now. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
reading today is from Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. This is the word of the Lord. Testimony, oh, I'm alive. 
This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Trust. 
shall pierce the night and I will rise among the saints by gaze How are y'all doing? Well, today is a very special day. Um, it is Mother's Day, and so happy Mother's Day to you out there, um, all you mothers. Um, gosh, it's, it's such a blessing to have mothers in our life, amen? Mothers are such a blessing, and so if you have mothers today, just, just go out and be with them today, bless them, and spend time with them if you can. Well, I just wanted to introduce myself. I'm Brian Dennis, and I'm just so excited to be here and to just get to serve you and uh, bring in the Word of God this morning. So if you would, uh, let's just, let's just uh, go to the Lord in prayer real quick. Father God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the opportunity for me to come and serve them today. Uh, Lord, as I pray as we listen to your, to your Word being spoken, I just pray our hearts would be ready to receive what you want to give us today. Holy Spirit, I pray that they would not hear me speak and hear my opinions, but they would hear from your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, I want us to start off by reflecting on our lives. I want us to think about our lives for a moment and just think about this. What is your life? What is your life? Where do you put your hope in? Where do you set your hope in? Because in this world, there's only two kinds of people. There are those who have received Christ and those who are believers in him, and then there are those who do not believe. There's only two kinds of people in this world. You are either with Christ or you are without him. You are either fully surrendered to him or you are not. There is no neutrality with Christ. 
You cannot be neutral with him. There are either believers in him or people who are unbelievers. So for those of us who are in Christ, think about your life as a believer. Is your life any different from the life of the unbeliever? Think about that. How do you live your life? What are your goals? What are your aims? What are your desires in your life? And would you maybe be honest with yourself and say, maybe my life isn't much different from the unbelieving? What is your life? And you as a believer in Christ, is there a change in you? Has the Holy Spirit transformed you? Has he given you a new heart? Has he made you a new creation? Or do you live like everybody else? And those of us who are believers in Christ, we know we have believed in him. We know we've been set free from our sin. But why do we still struggle with our sin? Have you ever wondered that? If we've been set free, if we've been redeemed, why have we still have this daily battle with our sin? Why is that? Well, this morning, I want to answer all these questions through the powerful and living Word of God. So if you would, please turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. In this chapter of Romans, uh, we know Paul is the author of this book. And in this chapter, he makes it very clear of the difference between the life of the believer and the life of the unbeliever. And again, these lives are not the same. They're totally two different lives. One is after God and one is after the things of this world, the things that they can satisfy themselves. And so let's, let's see what Paul says, starting in verse 4. Romans 7, verse 4. Listen to this. Paul says, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we bear, may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. We see that Paul makes it clear. There are two different lives. Either with, you're with Christ or you're without him. And those who are not in Christ, we see that Paul is basically demonstrating that these people are naturally and completely living a life separate from God. They're living out of their sinful passions and desires, chasing the ways of the world for their fulfillment. They're looking to the world to meet their deepest need that they know that it cannot be met, but they still go there anyway. People who are not in Christ, they were held captive by their sin. They are slaves to sin. And they cannot please God, nor do they want to. This is the life of the unbeliever, that they are indeed bearing fruit for death because they cannot find true life in the things that they're living for. That's the life of the unbeliever. But however, we see that those who are in Christ, life is totally different. Believers in Christ, those who have received him by faith, they have left their old way of life. They have left their life dominated by sin. 
They're no longer living for themselves, living for their sinful passions and desires, but they are now living in the spirit of God, in the ways of God. Those who are in Christ simply believe in him by faith and who he is and what he has done on that cross, that we are forgiven. We believe that he has rose again from the dead, defeating death and the grave. Believers are now living and bearing fruit for God in how they live their life. But the, those of us who are believers, we still got to ask the question, if we've been set free from our sin, why do we still struggle with it? Why do we still struggle with it? Well, if you have, if you have never thought about this, think about this, is that in your walk with Christ, when you do sin against him, how do you feel? What is your feelings? Are you grieved by your sin? Or are you not? How do you feel when you sin against the Lord? Because I don't know about you, but in my walk with Christ, I, I mean, as a believer, I want to love him. I want to obey him. I want to live for him. I don't love sin anymore like I used to. I now desire righteousness in Christ. I now desire him. And when you, get, when you get discouraged in your walk with Christ, you just think, man, why do I keep doing the things I don't want to do? God, you've set me free from the life of sin. I want to live according to your ways. Why do we still have this battle? And I want to encourage you that Paul as well, he struggled with sin. He has struggled with sin. Even Paul did. I mean, the one that we read in the New Testament, the one who wrote 13 epistles in the Bible, the one who had such a close relationship with Jesus, Jesus was his everything. Jesus was everything he thought about and everything he wanted for people was Jesus. Even he struggled with sin. And we're about to read how he feels about that, and I know we're going to relate to that. But in this life, we know that even though we've been redeemed, we still struggle with sin. And we're going to get to the answer to that in a second. But turn with me to uh, the verse 15 in Romans chapter 7. When we read this, I know you're going to relate to it. You're going to be like, ah, yeah, this is my life. This is my life as a believer. I love him, but here's a struggle. Paul says this, verse 15, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want. I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Church, do you relate to that? I know I, know I do. I relate to that very much. Because, you know, we who have received Christ, we who believe in Him, we love Him, don't we? We love Him. And all we desire is a life of righteousness. We want to live in His ways. We want to obey His commandments. We want to be in His Word. We want to be in fellowship with other believers. 
We want to be united in a heart in Christ. That's our desire. But we see Paul, we see the struggle. He says, oh God, I keep doing the things I don't want to do. But I keep, I keep on doing the things I don't want to do. But God, I, I, desire, I desire you. I desire you. This is the life of the believer. It's that we've been redeemed. Our desires have been changed. But somehow, we're still doing the things that we are not called to do. But what Paul is talking about here is that even though we've been saved in Christ and become a new creation, our old life has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Until we die and we are present with the Lord, we're still going to struggle in sin. It's going to be a daily battle. This life is to be um, an opportunity for God to sanctify us, to grow us in holiness, to grow us in obedience through the Holy Spirit, not according to your flesh. Because your flesh is hostile to God. It does not desire the things of God. And what we're about to read in the following verses is that the reason why we struggle with sin is because this body that our regenerate soul dwells in is a body of sin. It's a body of death. That's why Paul says, it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. I don't want to sin against God. It's my body that I dwell in. It's this world that I'm, I'm living in. And I'm not giving an excuse for sin. I'm saying the life of the believer is, there's a war that he talks about. And let's read what he says, starting at verse 21. Paul says, so I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But... But I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to a law of sin that dwells in my members. And listen to this. He says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Here's the answer. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind. But with my flesh, I've served the law of sin. So here's the answer. I mean, Jesus. Jesus is the answer. He's the answer to all of our struggle with sin. Jesus, he alone is the answer. Paul says, wretched man that I am. Do you hear the emotion in that? He says, wretched man that I am. He's basically saying, God, I hate my sin. I hate my sin. I don't want anything to do with it. Oh, God, I'm so unworthy to be in your presence. I'm so unworthy of your kindness. Because he realizes that he is a sinner and that we are sinners. We, when we see our sin, we humble ourselves and say, God, I'm nothing. I'm nothing without you. Like, I shouldn't even be alive because of my sin. According to your law, according to the Old Testament, I should be gone, but your kindness is so great for me that you have grace through your son, Jesus Christ. You die on the cross for me. Wretched man that I am. And haven't you felt that as well? Man, when you sin against God, whatever sin it is in your life, you just say, God, why? Why am I still doing the same thing? All I want is to walk in your ways. 
All I want is to live according to your commandments. That's how we feel as believers. We no longer want to live according to the ways of the world. Our lives have been changed. Our lives have been changed. And when you think of wretched, the word wretched, what does that mean? I don't know the definition of that all the time, but when I had to actually look it up, it actually means to be in a miserable state, to be in a state of grief. He's having a godly grief over his sin. That's what we should feel. And when you look at the life of the believer, they're not saying that, the unbeliever. They're not saying, wretched man that I am. They don't even recognize their need for a Savior. They're comfortable in their sin because their life is dominated in sin. They're dead in their trespasses and sins. The believer is not. Their eyes have been opened to the truth. Our eyes have been opened to the truth. But again, those of us who are believers in this room, those of us who genuinely believe in Christ, we're still going to struggle with sin in this life. But our hope is in Christ. Our hope and our trust is in the faithful sanctification that he brings in our life through the Holy Spirit. Let me encourage you, believer. You can't earn your way to God. You can't. The Holy Spirit is going to do the work in your heart. He's going to sanctify you. You can't do it in your flesh because your flesh is naturally hostile to God. You have to have the Holy Spirit dwelling in in you to obey the Lord. That's what his word teaches us. The Holy Spirit's going to do the changing in us to grow us more in our relationship with him and grow us into obedience. Therefore, Jesus is still the answer in our daily struggle with sin, and we must continue to look to him. So whatever sins you're dealing with in your life, big or small, or maybe you don't even see your sins right now, I guarantee you you're sinning against God in some way because we're, we're still doing that in this life. But whatever it is, I want you to know and remind you that you are in Christ and the Holy Spirit is going to work on you. Who has started a, a, a work in you will bring it to completion. The Holy Spirit is going to help you. And we must abide in Christ. We must be in his word. We must be in prayer. We must be with other believers that love us and that will help us grow in our relationship towards God. And in Romans 8, verses 1 through 2, I know there's so many good verses in the Bible, but this is a very good one. If you're a believer today in this room, this is your victory. This is your claim. Romans 8, verses 1 through 2, listen to this. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ from the law of sin and death. If you haven't heard anything I've said today, hear this. You're no longer condemned. In your struggle with sin, yes, we want to be delivered from that. We don't want to do those things anymore. But you're no longer condemned. What Christ has done on the cross, do you simply believe in that? God does not see us for our sin. He sees the work of Jesus on the cross. That you're, The blood that was shed on the cross for you, he sees you being covered by the blood of Jesus. You are covered by the blood of Jesus. You are made pure by the righteousness of Christ. You are not righteous in yourself. The righteousness of Christ and what he has done on that cross. The Holy Spirit who dwells in you 
brings that righteousness from Christ. The work of the cross. You are not righteous by yourself. It's only Jesus. Again, let me encourage you. We need to hear this. You and I are no longer condemned. So stop beating yourself up over your sin. God knows your heart. He wants, to, he wants you to grow in him, and he knows the desire that you have. And he says, my child, I know, and I'm going to help you, and I understand. And yes, God is serious with sin, and there's consequences for our sin. But God knows that even in our struggle, he's going to lift us up when we fall. And what if, and think about this. Maybe you never thought about this. But maybe the struggle of sin in our life is an opportunity for God to lift you back up. Maybe that's an opportunity for him to say, I forgive you, and to grow you in him. Maybe that's an opportunity for him to say, let's keep walking this walk of life with me. I know you're falling and failing, but I understand. My disciples failed me, but I still love them, and I still forgive them. He understands, and he will forgive us. He will forgive us. And thank God for Jesus. Like John the Baptist says, behold the one who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is the one that has taken all of our sin upon himself so that his blood on the cross that we are covered when we simply put our hope and our faith in him. Jesus is the answer to everything in our life and to everything in the life to come. But this morning, I don't know who you are, but if you could be honest with yourself, maybe you say, man, I've, I've been to church all my life. I've read the Bible a few times. I've, I've worshiped some songs, and I've done some things with some Christians now and then, but man, I'm not sure if I really know Christ. I'm not sure if my, my life is really a living example of what he's done in me. Maybe that's you. And, you, and maybe if that is you today, I want you to ask the question, do you know Jesus? Do, do I know him truly as my Lord and Savior? Is he the one, and the one I hope in with all my sin and my shame? Do I truly believe he's the answer in everything in my life? What would you say? What, what is the truth? Be honest with yourself. What is the truth? What is the reality? Are you really in Christ? Do you know him? Is he your everything? That is the question. That is the question. But if you haven't put your faith in Christ, I want to let you know the truth today, lovingly, that a life without Christ is miserable. A life without Christ is miserable. And when we walk this life without Him, we're going to try to fulfill everything in our life with the things of the world. And it's not going to work. Jesus is the one that's going to change us. And so I encourage you today, wherever you are in your walk with Christ, come to him. He wants to receive you. He's willing to forgive you. And a life with Jesus changes everything. And that's what we need. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that each and every one of us today would understand that you are the answer in everything in our life. 
you are the answer. You are the answer in our struggle. You're the answer in our pain. And I pray that we look to you in all things. And I pray that we wouldn't just come to church, but we would, but we would be in your word. We would be in prayer. I thank you for the church. I thank you for this church. I thank you um, for their life in you. I thank you that they've been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you for this church, and thank you for what they're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've heard the questions, and uh, now is the time for us to respond.
Oh, 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 oh,